Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Cover 2, a podcast on the Cleveland Browns. Hits! Browns are going to win! Bayfield, end zone, Landry, touchdown! With Dan Kadar and Browns beat writer Nate Ulrich of the Akron Beacon Journal and Ohio.com. With Steve Dorshuk from the Canton Repository. fans now cover two a podcast on the cleveland browns good evening this is george thomas with the akron beacon journal i'm with marla Ridenauer of the beacon journal steve dorshik of the canton repository and nate ulrich of the beacon journal right now we're in first energy stadium and <clears throat> Taking in the aftermath of the Browns versus the Detroit Lions, which which may be one of the ugliest NFL games of the season. It wasn't pretty, but it was a W. I see Steve disagreeing already, by the way. <laughs> I don't don't agree with myself today, George. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, you know, in some ways that was an old that was an old fashioned old school football game. And in that regard, I, I get it, but my goodness, there was a basic lack of discipline on, on the part of both teams. The passing game was non-existent. And, you know, with all due respect, the Browns offense came out and they looked like they'd been flattened by a steamroller. They really just didn't seem to have any momentum out the gate. Start with Baker Mayfield, I think, guys. Um, Mayfield's accuracy has been off all season since the time uh, he got hurt. What was that, game two, a long time ago? And it was uh, as bad as it's been. Maybe uh, you, you could argue because of the two picks and certain key strategic throws that were just off, short passes and uh, longer ones, but uh, – to me, George, the uh, the whole problem with the offense is uh, Baker Mayfield is uh, someone else this year. And uh, I don't know if that can change because of his physical condition, but in my opinion, the long and short of what's wrong with the Browns' offense is uh, number six. Well, this past two games, he's 25 of 50, 249 yards, three picks and two teams two touchdowns. Those are, are, are certainly not the numbers of the number one overall pick in any draft. Um, the, the, one, the one that strikes me today is he had a wide open Jarvis. Mind you, he short-armed a few, but the wide open jar, pass to Jarvis Landry and he missed him high. That's the one that's like, really? I mean, um, that one was over his head by... You could – Taco Fall couldn't have caught that. I mean, 
That was outrageous. I mean, but I think that shows you the issue that the issue of with his lack of mobility because of this bruised knee or whatever it is, is, is could, I think it's more important than his shoulder issues because when he can't move, he can't see and he can't get the ball downfield. You're, you're reduced to throwing seven yard passes, which are not getting, I mean, yeah, granted it's like a run, but I, that's not getting you anywhere in the grand scheme. Especially the way the Lions were playing uh, pass coverages today. They stayed up on Brown's receivers. I, there was hardly any separation on the outside today, early on at least. But, you know, that, that brings us to the, the broader question, the big debate leading up to this game, because, quote, unquote, it's just the Lions. I think the Lions show today that, well, in the NFL, anybody can give you a good game no matter what. But the big debate was, should Baker Mayfield had set today? And after, you know, them eking out a win, and let's be honest, um, that was a chub win and a defense win right there. Um, should he have sat out the game? I think you can easily say in hindsight he should have sat out, but what I have a bigger problem with is, okay, if you want to check all the boxes during the week and think that he can play, when he starts limping, I have marked down in my notes, 127 left in the third quarter after a third and 10 incompletion uh, to Higgins. He's limping around badly. He had been off target all day. But then you see he really was feeling it. We're talking about the left heel injury, the right knee injury to go along with that bad shoulder. And at that point, I mean, this is a 13-7 Browns advantage. You just need to to put some drives together to, to win this game. And, and you stuck with Baker Mayfield instead of turning to Case Keenum. And Case Keenum, Marlowe saw him throwing on the sideline. I just don't understand. You know, even if you're going to play Baker Mayfield, it clearly wasn't going well. He was affected. And then you see him limping around. At that point, I'm mo- my mind is most boggled by why you even turn to Case Keenum, who you're paying really good backup money to. Put Case Keenum in. And Kevin Stefanski was asked all this, you know, afterward and said that, you know, Baker was medically cleared and, you know, he doesn't know how his accuracy was affected. You'd have to ask Baker. Well, here's the problem. Baker did not talk after the game. And this is not just media complaining. This is a big deal. Here's why it's a big deal. It is the responsibility of the quarterback to be one of the faces of the franchise. And the quarterback of every NFL team talks after every game, unless there is a concussion issue. That concussion protocol will prohibit that player from talking. Guys, I know we've all collectively been doing this a long time. My first season on the beat was 2010, so not as long as some others. But in my time, the only time a quarterback didn't talk was when after a game was when there's a concussion issue. And, of course, Colt McCoy even talked after the game when there was a concussion issue leading to the changes that the NFL has adopted since then in its concussion protocol for Baker Mayfield not to talk today tells me that this has been very difficult on him, not only physically, but mentally. And he's openly said a couple years ago, 2019, Freddie Kitchens year, he had self doubt creep in and he wasn't himself. He does not look like himself physically and him not talking after the game. There's no doubt in my mind. He is not himself mentally either. 
This is a very, very complicated issue. And um, yeah, it's, it's a red flag, Nate, and uh, today's, uh, today's red flag. It's almost like you have a long driveway and you got red flags uh, running up and down the driveway the way this year is going. But to me, the, the complications began this year with the mistake and this isn't hindsight because I thought so, and I'm on record in this very podcast, I think, saying that uh, that Mayfield should not have played in the Pittsburgh game. That uh, I think that was the game after Denver. Keenum had yes, done you were. Time. You, Mayfield you did see that. used the rest. But when that doesn't happen, then now you're on the, the, the slippery slope of, of uh, your quarterback already is hurt. He's not going to get any better without rest. And uh, uh, I'll uh, finish this point just uh, just because I don't know where I'm sitting right now in the press box. I feel <laughs> the ghost of Bruce Arians walking by because a few years ago Bruce, <laughs> Bruce was on TV uh, up here before he uh, he took the uh, Tampa Tampa job. And I had the good fortune of uh, getting to know Bruce a little bit and, and enjoying uh, having some conversations with him. One of the most important conversations I ever had with uh, Bruce, uh, at least as it applies to the Browns beat, is. Bruce thought Tim Couch could have been a fine quarterback. Bruce was a Tim Couch guy. Bruce uh, coached Tim when Tim played in uh, some good games, including a 33-13 win at uh, Pittsburgh one time. But his end of the day point of view on Tim Couch was that Tim got the, uh, the tar beat out of him while he was here for five years in Cleveland, and that is uh, – has everything to do with why Tim Couch had a short career. He was allowed to get beat up uh, too much. And, uh, no, it's, it's not criminal what they're doing to Mayfield. You can understand why it's happening. Mayfield wants to make his contract. Browns want to win games. He's a, he's a better leader than uh, than Case Keenum. But what the Browns are doing right now, and maybe uh, maybe there's still time to uh, correct what I see as uh, as a very serious mistake, that is uh, sending out a quarterback who's in no shape to play uh, uh, a good NFL game, sending him out there when, when you need to be arresting him, not just for now, uh, but but because Case Keenum has as, as good a chance to uh, to win right now as uh, Baker does, and also you need to save Baker for the future. So you're you're suggesting that they need to save him from himself because every every indication we get is that Baker's tough. Baker wants to be out there. Baker's going to fight through this. I don't even see what that's why that's a thing, George. Save him from himself. You know, if if I'm uh, running an organization, whoever's in charge here would be Kevin. I I uh, I believe and assume, but if Kevin says Baker, it's in the best interest of everyone, including yourself, uh, that you don't play, and if even if you don't. If you don't think so, I care, but I don't care. You're not playing. It's not in the best interest of everyone here. And that did happen on Thursday night football against the Broncos and Keenum started and they won 17-14. So it's not like Baker can just power his way to playing no matter what. There is an organizational decision to be made. And to me, guys, I just want to say this, and I'm, I'm curious your thoughts. Like the broadcast on Fox – you know, was very high on Baker gutting this out and the respect he was earning from his teammates as a result. Baker said time and time again, when it comes to the contract issue, he just wants to win games because if he wins, then the contract issue will resolve itself. I know it was ugly. 
I know he did not play well, and I know he's hurt, but they won the game. For him to not go up to the podium and praise the defense and Nick Chubb for his heroics coming off COVID-19, that just leaves a bad taste in my mouth. I'm wondering if you guys think his teammates care at all or if this is just a person in the media thinking that that is not a good sign of leadership. You know, when I when I saw the the topic of Myrtle's column, <laughs> a little sketch of it, and I won't give it away. You know, I you know, I, I shrugged my shoulders. Now I get it. Well, yeah, because at, at bare minimum, he should have done that because even even as he sat in the locker room, knowing what he was going to do this this afternoon, Nick Chubb, Joel Petonio were out there singing his praises. So you're absolutely right. I can't argue with that. There was plenty he could have talked about. Number one, Nick Chubb. Number two, how they pulled it out in the final two minutes. Number, you know, the, you know, it wasn't all about him, even though I assume that's why he didn't come to talk, was he didn't want to answer about getting booed or, you know, throwing the ball 20 feet over Jarvis's head or, you know, the fact that you shouldn't be in the game. Um, I thought today they really teetered between Stefanski being so stubborn that he wouldn't yank him that they were going to lose. I really, I, I thought they were going down that path and that was, and I didn't know if it was, you know, considering they still trotted him out there, you know, at the end, I, I just, I just feared that that was going to happen. Fortunately, Chubb saved him from that. But, uh, Steve, I'm with you. He shouldn't have played in this game. I, I don't see – Baker Mayfield is not himself when he can't move around and roll out and, you know, create, you know, better lanes for him to see. He's not, he's not Baker Mayfield right now. It's, it's, it's bad. So, um, I'm actually shocked they pulled this one out considering – just the path it was going down. Okay, we didn't get Baker Mayfield after the game. I'm going to be Baker Mayfield, okay? I'm reading his mind right now because I, I know his every thought. <laughs> Nate, I can't believe you say that I should have said that uh, that the defense played a great game today. Do you realize, Nate, who was uh, playing quarterback out there for the Detroit Lions and for the defense <laughs> to uh, give up a, a chunk run uh, at, uh, at crunch time in the game uh, on a play that could have caught? I'm, 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 I'm rambling, but I'm, I'm just saying that uh, – that, uh, Sure. Uh, this this whole discussion uh, and, and Nate, you saying, and and Mar Marley, you too. What Baker might have said. That's probably what he would have said. Hats off to the defense. <laughs> that gets my quick thought on that. Since I wrote a defensive sidebar, was uh, twofold. One, I'm still waiting for my Bakes Mayfield quote on the defense because it's not in the story and it's not going to be. <laughs> and uh, and and two, I don't think it was. Uh, uh, any more than ex and an acceptable performance by the defense, given the fact that they were playing a uh, a quarterback who hasn't uh, hasn't played for several years, and the last time he did play, he was playing as a, as an okay transfer student at uh, Eastern Kentucky. Are those the, is that the Colonel somewhere? <laughs> okay, go. Colonel. Yeah, here there's my EKU uh, mask. <laughs> But yeah, uh, uh, all, all the way around uh, this, this 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 win. Uh, uh, I, I think uh, if if you're Stefanski, I think your message has to be, "Hey guys, let's talk about it when somebody asks us. But let's get as far away from this game as fast as we can." Because it was uh, 
it was as bad a win as you're ever going to going to find. But the, one of the points that uh, I think I'm coming away with is the the worst win or, or, or the worst looking win is better than the best looking loss. So you know, you, you take it and uh, and you try to find uh, some way to imagine a victory over Baltimore. And and then this this game does not make you think that there's a strong chance against uh, Baltimore if uh, Lamar Jackson's playing. Excuse me. Well, at bare minimum, you're right. There's no such thing as as a a bad win, but still. um, He should have been out there. Bare minimum, he needs to be thanking Nick Chubb. Who, who pulled everybody's bacon out of the fire with the way he ran the ball in the last quarter. And I I, I have no problem saying if he's not back this week, they don't win this game. They do not. It, Is anybody uh, on here ever questioned paying Nick Chubb? No. <laughs> At this point, it looks like you didn't pay him enough. <laughs> I mean, already he doesn't make any fun. Running backs don't make any money and, you know, I mean, we might uh, ex- accept uh, one Nick Ch- Chubb uh, paycheck uh, uh, for each of us, but uh, they don't make any money. I, I didn't, Nate. I don't think any of us had questioned Pan Chubb. Yeah, he's uh, – you know, you know. I, I heard somebody – I forget who it was, a girl or one of those uh, people uh, on the scoreboard was saying, Jarvis Landry, the heart and soul of the, uh, the, the Browns. I do not agree with that. I think Nick Chubb is <laughs> – so, yeah, I, I just I, I just brought that up because you, you hear all the time, you know, it's not wise to pay running backs. And, uh, you know, anything can happen with injuries. It's obviously – it's a brutal sport, a brutal position in a brutal sport. But Nick Chubb is – he's unbelievable. And uh, he's worth every penny in my eyes. So, I Did you guys see the funny – well, you did see the funny part, but – People are doing the the uh, the Chubb chant, and Mayfield's uh, you know waving his uh, <laughs> arms to the crowd to, to be quiet. But I, I'm I'm thinking, geez, Baker, you aren't playing very well. I think people are kind of waving their arms at you to play a little bit better. <laughs> this is kind of a funny segment of the game where you know Chubb's popularity to the the point of uh, you know what he means to the team. I think was reflected by uh, how loud uh, people were when they were chanting for Chubb uh, as the game went along. Well, guys, other than that, there wasn't – what else do you take from this game? I mean, Steve doesn't think the defense was that great. I'll, I'll just – Run defense, no. The uh, the, the guy, um, um, the, the running back had uh, by far a career game. Uh, no, he had a big yardage uh, in the tie against Pittsburgh, but in, in about uh, twice as many carries. So yeah, that would be my main point, George, that uh, – the soft interior run defense was a little bit disturbing. And I'm, I'm sorry, Joe, Joe Woods calls still frustrate the heck out of me. I, I for Nate, was that the, was that Detroit's opening drive where they had a, a, a third and 10 or something and elected not to blitz. They were in deep in Brown's territory. And I'm like, really? And it, 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 it Again, your point about there being a quarterback who hasn't really played yet, he, he just refused to go after him. That's and, that's mind-boggling. I mean, it's like every time they play a quarterback with no experience, they're just willing to sit back there and 
but the secondary at uh, the back seven handle, I don't know. That is, I can't figure it out. And he didn't take a sack today. And it wasn't against a, a, a really particularly great uh, Detroit offensive line. And they, they lost a guy during the game. They lost one of their guards during the game. Plus, I think, line, so, I think yeah. Taylor Decker was questionable too. So, you know, he wasn't, they weren't at full strength anyway. So, um, but he played, but whatever. Again, I, I don't like the lack of aggression on, on defense or the lack of aggressiveness on defense. It's it's read and react as opposed to attack. I'll agree with that. And um, I'll also agree with, you know, the fact that they gave up that 57-yard touchdown in the third quarter to Swift certainly, um, you know, kind of has to dampen the enthusiasm that you would have otherwise about the, the defense. You know, the two takeaways – yeah, obviously great. Shut out in the first half. That's nice. But, yeah, I, I do agree. So I'm more saying that Baker Mayfield could have praised the defense and necessarily saying the defense was great. Um, Steve, you've, you've made that point, and I agree with you. Um, I do want to say, though, that I I have looked at Marla and I said it's finally time that this it, it finally happened. They did something creative with Jarvis Landry. <laughs> they did something creative with Jarvis Landry. Because he hasn't, been getting, more creative. he hasn't been getting the ball enough and he's been fighting through injury and wants to be rewarded for getting out there all the time and, and um, involve him. And they did, they did the, you know, motion Baker out and direct snap to Jarvis. He's a good passer. He was looking to throw and didn't see anything and, and scrambled up the middle for the 16 yard touchdown run. So to beat Baltimore, they're going to need a lot of things to go right, more aggression on defense, uh, and more creativity are, are among the things that I'm requesting. Yeah, but do they need Baker Mayfield in his current state? In his current state, no. In his current state, he should not have finished this game. They're lucky they got away with it. I still think it's all Mayfield. I mean, if they're the, the magical uh, waters of Parma Heights where he can go take a bath and and uh, be in good shape for, for Baltimore, he needs, needs to go there. Uh, you know, uh, somebody needs to give him a ride uh, right now. I, I think it's all that. If, if Mayfield uh, is accurate, I don't know that the game plan was uh, was terrible today. Just a few wide-open plays uh, early on that didn't get hit and that uh, kind of kept Detroit uh, in the game for a while. No, he was missing guys. High, wide, low. in the dirt, yeah. Low, couple low ones that were guys were open that too low to catch. Yeah, shorted in the dirt and everything in between. And yeah, I, I just think that you know these Ravens games are sandwiched by a by a buy. They haven't done it yet, but they, I mean, actually they have done it. I keep bringing it up. They did it on Thursday night football. Maybe they need to do it on Sunday night football. Turn to Keenum. That would give Baker two weeks. And you need to win both these games to turn your season around. But are you really going to win in Baltimore with Baker? His condition, as George said, I can't fathom it. Steve said that based on today, that it doesn't give you any reason to believe it. So, And I kind of – someone else brought this up a minute, a little bit ago about how much longer can these receivers be – not be somewhat ticked off by the fact that 
he's not, I mean, the ball's not close enough for them to catch, you know, like they are. So, well, I know that, but that's what I'm saying. They're ticked, but I mean, they're not saying, you know, but I mean, internally they have to be ticked off. They're not, you know, saying that, but no, but you can sense the frustration. At least I did in Jarvis Landry on Tuesday when I went to his Turkey drive in Parma and he <laughs> said that we understand that Baker's fighting through injuries and there was just the, the paraphrasing of the quote is he's obviously not himself. That was the, that was the idea he was trying to convey, you know, as a receiver, I'm trying to catch passes from a quarterback who's dealing with a lot of injuries and can't throw the ball like he normally would or, or we need him to. And one, one, uh, that's clear. One quick point. I, I want to make a, a name that uh, kind of will resonate with everybody though it has been an invisible name this year is uh, this kind of reflects uh, where uh, the season is in the passing game and where Baker is in his ability to get up passes. But his old uh, chemistry buddy, Hollywood Higgins, uh, hasn't, uh, has been AWOL uh, all season. And today had five targets and, and one catch. So that kind of just reflects the, uh, the mess that's going on, uh, on uh, Baker. I did, I did want to say you can, we're going to go pretty soon, but I, I just want to want to say that um, um, yeah, we're a little bit morose, probably all of us, about because it was a, not a good game to watch. It was a bad performance and and, and a win, but still, uh, uh, I think uh, uh, everyone in Browns Nation, quote unquote, is is uh, is thankful uh, if you think about it in perspective that the team is six and five. Look this up, and that there have only been four or five times in the last thirty years when the team was six or and five or, or, or better after 11 games. I mean, ever, this, this is the mood. It's not, not like our mood is uh, is unique to us. Uh, everybody uh, around is, is going to be in this mood, uh, give or take uh, some degrees. But uh, the, the disappointment about the whole thing is a team that was supposed to be really good. This doesn't look very good uh, today. Yeah, they, have, they haven't looked very good all season. They've been Jekyll and Hyde, as Joel Batonio said, and they were lucky to avoid catastrophe today. And I think that's the perfect note to end on. <laughs> Good job, Nate. <laughs> From First Energy Stadium. We're, this is George Thomas. I'm with Nate Ulrich, Marla Reinauer, and Steve Dorsha. Look for us next Sunday night. Oh, that's going to be a late one, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. Until then, have a good week and happy Thanksgiving.